0: welcome to kingdom woman ministry podcast i am your host takia hassan on this podcast we're going to be talking about issues we face as women overcoming our challenges living in our purpose and true identity and knowing how to operate in the kingdom of god i'm excited that you join me and i really pray that you are blessed by today's episode let's go ahead and get into the message Welcome everyone. I'm so glad that you are here with me today on the podcast. I have a question for you. What makes you strong? What is it that you put your strength in? Where does your strength come from? Like what is it that causes you to say, "I am strong. I can do this." Right? I know for me, my strength have been placed in things like my resume as an example. Right. I feel that because, oh, I, my resume shows X, Y, Z experience is written this way, has all these great words, has some good keyword searches out there. That's going to pick it up on the Internet. Oh, this is a strong resume. I'm good. I'm strong. I should be able to get this job because my resume is bomb. Right. Like that's where my strength has been. Right. Like my strength have been. In my clothes. Oh, I think that because my clothes is looking this way, is matching the latest like style and trend. They look nice, they're high quality. Oh, I'm a strong woman. I dress this way. It says something about my identity and my purpose and what I'm capable of. Like I have found that I place my strength in my clothes as well. Like we all have placed our strength in different things, people, places, and things, right? We have called ourselves strong because of something else so i want you to consider that like what does that look like in your life to be strong when someone says that you are strong what are they really saying about you what is it that they're looking at who do they see when they see you when you see yourself do you say that you're strong when you see yourself doing something do you say that is you're capable of it when you go out to speak to someone do you say i can do this when you go to stand up and talk in front of a crowd, do you think that you are capable of doing doing such a task? When you think about your purpose and your identity, do you say, oh, I'm strong. I can handle this. I can take this on. Or are your words something different? Or are your words saying that, like, oh, I can't do that. I'm too weak for this. I'm I'm incapable of doing this. Uh, That's not something that I can fulfill. Oh, man, I don't have X, Y, Z skills. I'm not strong enough to speak in this person. Like, are you Moses out there who's saying, oh, Lord, my speech, I have speech impediments. I can't do this. I can't talk in front of people. That's not what you made me for. I'm not strong in that. Why would you dare try to put me in front of people to talk? Like, that's not where my strength is. Lord, what you talking about? How would you have such a plan for me? You know, like, where is your strength? What do you say when you think about the things? Are you a good writer? Do you say that you can write? Do you say, Oh, I'm not, I'm not a good writer. I can't write. Why would I dare try to write a book? Why would God even give me a desire for a book? I don't know how to spell. Like, what do you think about yourself? Where does your strength come from? God wants us to see where our strength comes from, from his perspective. And so that's what I'm going to be talking about on the podcast today. And so I want you guys to consider what you have thought about your strength before. And then now I pray that you see your strength and that you learn to see your strength from the perspective that God desires for you. lord i ask that you move through me jesus let this word that you have given unto me go forth out of me only with your holy spirit lord jesus to minister to the hearts to the minds to the soul to the spirit of your children lord let this word be edifying to your body. Let this word be edifying to your daughters. Let this word find a resting place in them that will cause them to grow and to become even enriched with all of your goodness, Lord Jesus. May they take in this word and then go forward, Lord Jesus, to reproduce even greater fruit for your kingdom, Lord Jesus. Even as I speak this word right now, I'm trusting that it is done. It is so in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Now let's go ahead and get into the message. Okay, so let's get into the word. So with everything that's been going on, right, with the coronavirus, and it's been causing a lot of fear and anxiety in the hearts of, and minds of God's children, right? And those who don't believe, those who do believe. But I found that in my own heart that I've been going through different anxiety, thoughts, and feelings, and been trying to combat these things, right? And so the scripture that came to mind was the one that talks about putting on the full armor of God, right? and and so i began to pull up this word and meditate on it right and really just kind of come to a point where i'm seeking the lord to understand and so as i began to break go to the word i should say and read the first line the which starts in ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 right what i'm going to do is just break down to you everything that the Holy spirit was showing me in this part of the scripture. And so I'm reading the NIV version and all we're going to focus on is just verse 10. (laughs) And so I praise God for the word that he gave me. Um, So here it goes. It's um, Ephesians chapter six, verse 10. It says, finally be strong in the Lord. So as I heard, be strong in the Lord. And I read that out loud, right? Right. I began to ask the Lord, okay, Lord, so what is be strong in the Lord? Like, what does that really mean? Because I'm thinking of the word be strong, right? By itself, right? And I'm thinking, okay, so you want me to be strong, right? Okay. And, but it says specifically in the Lord. So I wasn't able to like, I wasn't finding a way to correlate, be strong in the Lord, like to be in, right? It wasn't making sense to me. So as I began to meditate on that, and I said, Lord, what are you really saying to me? He said, find your strength in me. And so I thought, okay, so I'm finding my strength in you. I'm finding my strength in you. Okay. So, but then I was like, okay, Lord, so you're going to find my strength in you. And he said to me, when I asked him, okay, continue to explain to me, what does that really mean to find my strength in you? He said, make me your refuge. Okay, so I began to meditate on that even further. Make me your refuge, make me your refuge, make me your refuge. I had to look up the word refuge. The Lord told me, look up the word refuge, right? And so as I looked up the word refuge, what it said was a condition of being safe or sheltered from pursuit, danger, or trouble. So the Lord was saying, to in order for me to be strong in the Lord, right? I must find my strength in him. I must make him my refuge. And when I make him my refuge, in other words, what this is saying is that I am safe in the Lord. I have found shelter in him from pursuit of danger or trouble. Okay. And so I just began to meditate on that even further, just thinking on it further, like, okay, Lord, help me understand this even more, right? Like, how do I make you my refuge, practically speaking, like, and and by what act of doing that, or doing that, you know, making you my refuge, like, how do I do that, Lord, practically speaking, and also from a perspective of belief, where the Lord told me, he said, well, it's not about looking at this from a practical perspective. He said he told me to go back to the word refuge, right? And to go further into what that really means. And so as I nailed down the word refuge and I went back to the definition, it said like shelter, right? So I, I, I expanded on the word shelter. And when I expanded on the word shelter, I got to a similar word of shelter of being the word home. So in other words, the Lord was saying to me, make him my home. Home, Make him my dwelling place. He wants us to make him our place where we are constantly dwelling. Right. And so that's what the Lord was saying. Like, I'm supposed to make him my home. We are supposed to make him my home. And he said he wants us to make him our dwelling place. He said, I want every part of you to dwell in me. That's what he desires. Every part of us, he says, your feet, your mind, your heart, your will, your vessel, your ears, your eyes, your thoughts, your body, your life, your desires, like every part of you. He wants us to dwell in him. And so when you think about that, right, because it's so easy for our bodies to be divided, we can have our heart wanting something. We can have our body saying, no, I don't want it. And we can have our mind saying, I want something completely different. Right. Like even when it comes to food. I mean, right. Our body can be saying, Ooh, cheesecake sounds really good. Then our mind is like, girl, you don't need no cheesecake. Don't you dare go get no cheesecake. It's going to add 10 more pounds to you. Right. But then your heart is saying, but it's so good. And I want cheesecake because I haven't had it in a long time. It's okay for just right now. I'm going to go work out tomorrow. I mean, like, it's okay. Right. And so you see how our bodies and our heart and our mind could be divided, but God is saying, I don't want his, he doesn't want his children divided. He wants us to rest and dwell in him completely, all of us. He wanted, He wants all of us to dwell in him. He wants our whole being to be in where he is, right? And so then I went on to, accept, to say, okay, Lord, let's break this down. So Lord, how do I make you my home? Like, how do I make you my home? And then he said, forsake this life. So I had to look up the word forsake, right? Because I love to look up the word to make sure that first I'm not misusing it. And then two, to expound on it in my understanding and the way I have been viewing it. So I looked up the word forsake and it says to desert something, to disown something, to leave something high and dry, to turn one's back on, to betray, to ditch Uh, to, it says stranded, abandoned, right? And so it's like, when a Lord, when I saw those definitions, like the definition leaving something high and dry like for me, <laughs> it like really made sense because I know that just means like you just leave it alone. You don't touch. it. You don't care about it. You don't you don't even try to come back and fix it. You don't try to console it. You don't try to keep it together. You don't try to take care of it. You don't even care about the condition. You don't care about what it looks like. You just leave it high and dry. and You say, forget it, forsake it, let it go, move on. Oh, well, it's one of those. Oh, well, whatever. Like, I don't care. Right. And so that's what the Lord is saying, like in order for us to make him our home. We must forsake this life. We must ditch this life. We must disown this life. We must give it up completely. Right. And so I know for you and for, I should say, I know for me, that can easily cause us to say, wow, you won't want me to give up this life. Like how much you want me to give up, Lord? Like <laughs> what you really saying? Like how much of this life do you want? You want all of it? you want me to forsake everything of this life? Like. You want me to fully walk away from this whole world into what degree to what extent to what way you know what are you saying? why would you want me to do that um why would you expect that from it you know and so as he as I begin to think on those things and just kind of ask those questions. Um, To my own self as the Lord gave me that about forsaking this life. I was I began to think, okay, Lord, but what about all of my plans and I was able to see like when when that word is spoken to us, where God says forsake this life, all of a sudden, this life starts to scream back at you, right? Because this life, when you think about forsaking this life, meaning walking away from everything that it says and everything that it means and everything that it stands for, this life begins to scream back at you and says and calls you names. Like, you crazy for giving up your, your dreams. You stupid for walking away from this job. You, it don't make any sense for you to walk away from any of this stuff. Like, that's a crazy thing to think about. It's a crazy thing to do. Why would you dare wanna do that, right? This life will start to scream back at you and say, girl, you're crazy. Like, don't you dare give this up. Right. Because then we start thinking, well, what about all of our plans? What about all of our dreams? What about all of our hopes? What do we do with all these things or that we want to fulfill in this lifetime? Right. Like, why would you, and, and the Lord told me, he says, well, why would you want to hold on to something that is not eternal? And so as I thought about that, I was like, Wow. Okay. That is true. Right. This life is not eternal. What we know as normal and living right now, it will not be here forever. It shall pass away. Right. And our permanent home shall be heaven. Our permanent home should be where the Lord is. Right. So he's trying to get us to see that it is best for us to make our current home, our permanent home, because that is a home that will be forever. That is a home that will last for all eternity, not the present one, right? And so as I began to think about what he said, well, why would you want to hold on to something that's not eternal, right? Uh, Well, I said, Lord, well, in my backwards way of thinking, I believe giving up this life means that I will miss doing all the things that you have called me to do. In this lifetime, right? Because God has called us to do certain things for him. He has put us on this earth for a purpose, right? These are the things that we've heard. We all have heard these things spoken to us. Lord, you put me on this earth for a purpose. You called me to do certain things for you. You told me I'm going to do this. You told me I'm going to do that. I heard people say these things about me. Why in the world would you want to give want me to give that up now? Like, what do you mean give that up? Like, how am I supposed to give that up? And how is it supposed to come forward if I'm giving it up, right? And then he said to me, He said, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope or an hope. And he assured me, first of all, the plans that have been spoken over my life, the purposes for my life, one, he knows, two, they come from him. (laughs) So they belong to him. And so he has a desire already to fulfill the plans and purposes that he has for my life. So it's not a matter of me trying to hold on to them. It is a matter of me trusting them to him. It is a matter of us giving them to him because they truly belong to him and they represent us. We truly belong to the Lord. And so we must give our full life to the Lord because it is his to begin with. We come from him and we shall return unto him when we leave this life, right? We should return unto him because we belong to him and all that belong to him. He will bring unto himself, right? And he has a place for us in heaven for us to dwell for all eternity with him, right? And so then I was like, okay, Lord, that's interesting. Um, You know, like, well, what do we do with that, right? And he said, okay, well he said daughter understand that you releasing over to me your life means that you gain mine and so we gain the lord's life when we give up our life we take in his life as we give him ours well what does that mean that means that we walk in true authority true power true might as the scripture says, right? So if I take you back to Ephesians 6, verse 10, it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And so as we give our lives back to the Lord, we forsake this current life that we may gain the life of Christ. We will be strong in the Lord and we will be strong in his mighty power, right? And then he said, well, as you do that, forsaking this life to gain all of Christ." He said, then you find me as your strong tower. So we give up this life. We set our minds on the Lord. We set our hearts on the Lord. We set our desires on what God wants. We set our feet in the place that God wants us to go. We say, Lord, what matters to you today? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it? What do you want me to say? right when we put our whole being in the presence of the Lord when we put our whole being in the house of the Lord there we shall find all that we desire because there we find Christ right and wherever Christ is his children shall be as well and so as i was thinking about this it was like you know like there's there's certain things that i believe that in terms of his promises that I was going to miss out on, right? Um and so I was like, okay, Lord. I also think that I have a part in knowing what to do and what to pray for and what to ask you for in order to gain your promises, which makes me not want to give up this life because I think that it is also part of my responsibility to know how to fulfill what God has called me to do for him, right? Like, you know how there the, there will be many times where we've probably heard people say, well, God's waiting on you. Well, that thing in my mind, those words in my mind make me afraid to give up this life. It has made me afraid to give up this life, right? And to trust God because I'm like, okay, well, Lord, if I give up this life, then that means we're gonna miss it. I'm gonna miss all the promises that you've spoken for me. He said, well, he said, um, the Lord said to me, well, be willing to miss it for the sake of gaining all of me. And so I was like, okay, he said, I'll repeat it again. He said, be willing to miss it for the sake of gaining all of me. And when he said that to me, I was like, wow. So he spoke to the deepest fear that I had and said, be willing to give it up. Be willing to give up everything that you are afraid of missing out on it for the sake of gaining all of him. For the sake of gaining all of him, he wants me to give up all of the promises that have been spoken over my life that I'm supposed to fulfill for God, that I'm supposed to do for God, be willing to gain, give it up for the sake of gaining all of him. And then I was like, whoa, I had to just stop for a moment and really think about that and really think about, wow, if I give that up, then I truly holding, I'm truly holding on to nothing in this life. And I'm truly seeking after God. And I'm truly dwelling where he wants me to be. And I'm truly thinking on what he wants me to think on. And I was like, <laughs> even if it means I don't gain any of the promises God has promised me, you know, will I follow him? Like when it comes down to it, this is the true question for me, right? And what it's, what's in my heart? When it is put, you know that way, it's like I have nothing left to hold on to in the world, like life, because you know, like because I realize that it's it's all about forsaking everything uh, that I have the potential to gain from God, so that I may gain God Himself and not solely His promises. Right, and when you think about that, so often. Are we going after the promises of God and not God himself? And that's where we have been tripped up before because we go after God's promises instead of going after God. And as I thought about that, I realized that has been my hold up. That has been my mindset. That has been my heart posture in my relationship with my Lord. So as I begin to think about the fact that in my relationship with the Lord, I cared more for his promises than I cared about gaining him. <laughs> I was like, wow. The board then showed me the prodigal son story and parable, right? He showed me from this perspective, the son that remained in the house was still after the inheritance, right? In other words, he was still going after the promises from his father, right? Because we know the other son who asked for his inheritance up front, then ran off into the world and squandered it all on, you know, riots is living as the Bible talks about, right? So he was doing whatever he wanted to do, living it up, partying, having fun, right? And so we know that son to be the one who was definitely going after the promises. But when we look about the son who stayed in the house and remained in the house... And, you know, as we learn in the story, he wasn't really asking his father for anything, right? And so when we think about that, how many times do we remain in Christ, right? We're living for God. We're doing what God wants us to do. And we pretending as if we don't want anything. We're pretending as if, you know, we don't need anything. So we're not asking God for anything. But then when someone else comes along and gets blessed, right? And God pours into their life and blesses them. We're like, wait, what about me? Right? What about me, God? Like, what you doing over here? How you blessing this person? This person barely even know you. They barely even been walking with you. They know I've been doing as much as I'm doing. Right? And so we, in that sense, the Lord was showing me that that is also how we walk. Right? Because it's easy to take this message and say, okay, well, let me not go after the promises of God. Let me not pursue the promises. Let me just pursue God. Well, yes, but to an extent, right? Because God, because we're in his house, it is important for us to see that all that God is and all that God has is ours. And so we are in need of something, It is important that we recognize we can ask God for it. If we want something, ask God for it, right? But what God doesn't want us to have is where our heart longs, longs after something and wants something more than we want God, right? And God doesn't want us to have this secret in our heart where we're like, I really want this, And I'm going to act like I don't want it. And I'm going to act like I really want you, Lord. But in the in behind my heart, I really want this other thing. I don't really care about you. Like, it's important that we bring these our wants and our desires to the forefront in our relationship with God, because then God is able to truly deal with them. He's able to truly move on our behalf and he's able to either deal with the desire. If it's of him, he will fulfill it. If it's not of him, he's going to deal with this so that it doesn't overtake our lives and it doesn't overtake our heart. But instead, he's going to remove it so that we can have. Room for our heart to fully desire him. And that's what it is that he wants. You know, it's about us recognizing that we are already in the kingdom of God and the kingdom belongs to us as it is in its fullness. And when we see that, then we will be be content in our heart because we know that God is our provider. Right. And so it's about recognizing that We don't have to have a heart that is selfish, that's grabbing after things, that's desiring something secretly, that's indirectly wanting something, but pretending as if we really want God. God is saying, if you need it, ask me. If you want it, ask me. And and when you recognize that I will provide it to you, then your wants won't be going crazy. Your desires won't be off the chain. Right. And so as I began to think about this, I was like, "Okay, Lord, I see you. Like, so really, I had to go back to the top of what he was saying to me. If I go back to the message, it's like, so he ultimately wants me to stop going. He wants us to stop going after his promises outside of him. And he wants us to come after him wholly with our whole heart, our whole mind, our whole strength. He wants us to come after him. And then, you know what he said to me? He said, I want you to see that. I am the prize. And I was like, okay, so interesting. And I was asked a question, like, you are the prize, Lord? Like, you are the prize? Like, help me to see this. And I, as I began to think about that question, he said to me, and this is going to blow your mind because it blew my mind and it just settled everything on the inside of me. He said, I can produce anything you need. And I'm going to repeat it again. I can produce anything you need. And I said, oh my gosh, I finally get it. I finally get it because we, I'm going to take you back to the beginning. I'm going to take you back. We are afraid to let go of this life. We are afraid to forsake the promises. We are afraid to forsake our identities. We are afraid to forsake the word and the things that we seek to gain in this lifetime. We are afraid to forsake these things because when we feel as though we're going to forsake these things, we're going to be left with nothing. But God says he can produce anything we need. And he gave me the understanding of this with the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000, or I should say the disciples feeding the 5,000. And when we look at that, Jesus trusted the father in desert places. Jesus was able, was willing to walk into the desert with 5,000 people following him. He completely forsake this whole place where we will find comfort, Walking into a barren land where there is no restaurants. There's nobody cooking. There's no food on the land and he forsaked it. And he knew and he didn't just forsake it with himself. He forsaked it with 5,000 people who was looking to him for everything, for provision, for understanding, for healing. He forsaked it and he walked into a desert place. Why? Because he saw that his father could produce anything that he needed. At any time and as the Lord showed me that verse, I've finally gained the truth of seeing my father in heaven as creator. In my life, because I have seen him as the creator of life instead of the creator in my life, and there's a difference because it's easy to see the scripture in Genesis, right? Like in the beginning, like, you know, talking about how God created uh, light and dark, God created the heavens and the earth. God created all these different things, right? I see him as the creator of life. God created man, God created woman, the creator, but I have never seen him fully wholeheartedly in my mind and heart and understanding as creator in my life. Meaning he can produce anything that I need in the moment I need it. He can produce it. However, he desires to produce. He is creating life for me wherever I go because I have God. I have what I need because he creates for me whatever I need to fulfill everything that he desires for me to have. And that is what we must see. when We fully get that on the inside of us then we are willing to forsake this life because we see in front of us that we have all we need because Jesus is the prize. And when we see Jesus as the abil- have, having the ability to create and produce whatever we need in our lives and to send us, however he does it, right? Because it doesn't matter how, but it's a fact of who he is. He is creator and all things were made through him, right? And so when we see God as creator, and we then we were able to grab on to him, fully embracing him, turning our backs to everything that is not of him in this life and holding on to God with our whole heart, our whole mind, our whole soul, our whole strength, our eyes, our ears, our vessels, our feet, everything we can hold on to him because we know we have all we need in him. Right. And we know that we should not want for anything. Right. Because God provides for those who are him or who are his who belong to him, right? He is a son and a shield. He gives grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them who walk uprightly. God does not withhold anything good from him, from his people, right? Good gifts come from our father of life, right? And they come down from heaven, from our father who is living and breathing who is living and breathing, who is living and breathing. He is on a throne now and he is alive in us. And I pray that you see that, that you see God as the creator because he is our creator. So I pray for you right now that you are blessed even as you heard this word and that this word finds good ground in you to rest on and that you see your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as creator in your life personally, that you come to know him as creator in your life personally, and you come to dwell in him and make him your home, make him your resting place, completely forsaking all things because you know that when you forsake this life, you shall find your life. And I trust that in the name of Jesus, you are blessed and blessed abundantly in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.